Hello, welcome to Life at Your Rumble podcast. This is a podcast where we entertain, educate and advocate and of course we're doing all three of those this week. I had the pleasure and privilege of sitting down and having a chat with my good friend Cole of the Ball. She's a YouTube star and we talked about everything from forensics to makeup to TV to life and a whole lot more. And this is actually her first ever podcast interview. So without further ado, my darlings, as she always says in her YouTube videos, enjoy. Hi, Cole. Welcome to the podcast. How are you in this moment? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. We were just saying before we start recording that I'm not feeling my best, but I will, I will, I'll plod on through, plod on <laughs> through. Uh, I hate being one of those people that arrange things and then mysteriously they just don't turn up. Yep, yep. But th- I hate it, but uh, I mean, chronic pain, it just, sometimes I'm like, I've got to be that person. I'm going now. Bye. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because you've got to think about your, I mean, like your own physical health, mental health, spiritual health, it's yep, all interlinked. Definitely. I think I was saying that the other day in a video. And uh, speaking of videos, I wanted to congratulate you and welcome to the 500 subscriber club. Thank you. Honestly, I swear if somebody would have told me like, I mean, I think we hit 300 subscribers in September. So if somebody really? would have told me that I'd be at 500 by by the new year, I was, it was sort of like, I was like, I'd really like to get there, but I never thought for a second that it was actually going to happen. Yeah, because um, like, uh, Cole, you you do um, makeup and things on YouTube. Yeah. And I mean, when I was starting YouTube, it's quite intimidating, isn't it? Because YouTube is like this beast and you think, I'm never going to grow on it. I'm never going to get to, you know, the levels that I want to. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I've started my channel probably about three times. I had one when I was maybe Have like you? 12. Um, uh, before, I, I, so I, I blogged for years and years and years. And then I started a YouTube channel when I was about 12. Everybody at school found it, so I deleted everything. But it's crazy, oh, like, even okay. thinking about how I came from, how quickly, just how quickly you grew back then. Because it wasn't mm-hmm. this huge beast it is now, you know, because you grew quickly because everybody sort of supported each other. And I think, yeah, although that is still there these days, there's also a lot of people that are on YouTube and TikTok and all that kind of stuff just because they think they're going to get famous. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think everyone's like, oh, God, TikTok has ruined everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a wild place to be. Um, it, it is, really yeah. is. It's, it's something that I sort of I was posting quite consistently on there, but I, now I'm just like I'll just post every now and again, and I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, I think the whole like beauty community's really changed. It used to be yeah, about has. the community, and I think these days it's not quite as as sort of community driven as it once was a lot of people are sort of there to to see what they can get out of it i think these days you know what i think the the little community that we're in we i think and i mean from what i've seen we tend to look out for each other oh yeah absolutely i think the little community we've managed to find ourselves in is it's so much like the old days of youtube um what was the old days of youtube like because i mean i only became an internet person in well fully in 2020 yeah, so probably, well, I was 12, so it had been about 2013. God, that makes me feel so like the, li- <laughs> <laughs> the little, The little community that we, we have sort of got going now, where everybody supports each other, everybody's watching each other's videos, we give each other feedback, we make sure everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, good, not only on the YouTube side of things, but, you know, in terms of, like, their actual health mental health all that kind of stuff we make sure each other are good and I think YouTube did used to be like that it wasn't so heavily produced 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, even like looking at my videos now, um, you know, some of, especially when I first started my channel, at, like this time round, the videos mm -hmm. that I used to make when I was like 12 did so much better. I was filming Definitely. them on an iPad. They weren't edited. There was nothing cut out. Um, <laughs> obviously, my skills have come a long way in the past 12 yeah. years. So, yep. you know, um, I wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was just, it didn't matter how it looked, what mm -hmm. it was. If you were kind, if you were friendly, if you were fun, you did well. And I think it, it's such a shame that, you know, I used to do like videos. I used to like review a moisturizer for five Did minutes. You? But that's what people back then. That's what it was about. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. I think the, the kind of over consumerism of the beauty community is it's quite a new thing. You know, you used to watch these huge YouTubers with their huge makeup collections, but yeah, the normal everyday person on YouTube didn't have a makeup collection like that. Yeah, um, totally. I mean, I mean, this time around for your channel, what was the reason for starting it? It's it's something that I've wanted to do again for a while. Mm -hmm. I was I used to love doing my Instagram, but the more kind of reels and things like that became popular, I realised that actually I did really love sitting and talking to a camera. Um, and for me, it's such like a huge outlet. You know, none of my friends or family are particularly very like interested in the beauty community. And it's so nice to have somewhere to go to talk about it with people that don't go, oh, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like people <laughs> who actually have opinions on it. Yeah, and they're actually interested because sometimes when I talk to my friends or family and I'm talking about like a makeup product and like, oh, 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 is that what a real, oh, you know, that kind of reaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I'll be like, I'll buy my like best friend or like my brother's girlfriend like a new product, and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my god, a bit, and they're like, <laughs> oh that's great, it's really sparkly, it's nice, <laughs> and I'm like, but what about the texture? <laughs> what about the texture? What about the packaging? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is really nice to have that kind of outlet to be able to like step away and talk about kind of things that I enjoy talking about without also feeling like I'm boring somebody. Yeah, absolutely. If I could ask, where does the name of your channel come from? That's always intrigued me. So, okay. Again, that comes from the blog. So okay. I think I was I was probably about 12 when I started my blog because I, I started my blog alongside the YouTube channel, gave up on the YouTube and carried blogging on till about 2020. And then it just, the, the more I did at university, the, the less likely I wanted to sit and actually like look at a laptop and, and write an actual post. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've always been like a big Disney fan and it's actually um, in it to do it's Belle of the Ball. Oh, okay. But obviously changed it to my name. Um, and it just sort of, I thought about changing it when I started my YouTube channel again. And I think because I've been in this space for so long, it, it felt sort of insincere for myself mm -hmm. to change it because it's, you know, it's, it's who I've been for, for such a long time now. And it was like, actually i'm just gonna stick with it it's something a bit different um and i do think like it it, it helps when you've got some like something a bit different that will stick in people's heads yeah absolutely i mean in my imagination because that i've got quite a wild imagination and when my brain has time to sit and think it does all sorts so my interpretation of the name of your channel um uh, it maybe had something to do with you doing ballroom dancing as in called oh, the ball god i wish <laughs> i wish but your girl's got a got a hip replacement she ain't doing no ballroom dancing i'm afraid 
you know what? You know what? Dancing's actually something that I would love to do because uh, it's the only exercise that I actually like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like maybe in another life it would have been a great creative outlet for me, but um, so, you know, you know, it's not the way the cookie crumbled this time. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Um, where did your like your love and passion for makeup start? So my mum actually, believe it or not, does not wear a scrap of makeup. Never has. Does she not? Um, my mum no, didn't wear makeup has. either. Only She only wore a tiny bit of lipstick if she was going to a, like the shops or something. <laughs> yeah, my mum's a, a no makeup. It, it's honestly taken me the past 10 years to get her even into some sort of skincare routine you've influenced Um, her you need to moisturize (laughs) (laughs) um but actually it was from my nana my mum's mum um honestly she's one of my best friends in the entire world I absolutely adore her what's Um, her name her name's Pam um so nana Pam was a big Avon lover um oh yeah, my mum got the Avon catalogue yeah we spent a lot of time there um in the summers because she was a a teaching assistant so she was off okay. in the summers so we went to their house like in the days while my mum was at work and I remember the lady coming around and those tiny little lipstick samples <laughs> they used to do um and the little like four pan quads that they do she had okay every color under the rainbow she had every single one of them so there was all sorts of colors you know i mean it was it was a lot more muted back in what like 2006 2007 yeah beige Um, brigade beige brigade but it was a lot of like mints and lilacs and the kind of pastels that we use now just not anywhere near as 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 they are these days (laughs) um but she was (laughs) She and she always encouraged me. I've always been very creative. I've always loved art. I love painting and things like that. Um, oh, you so can paint. Always... I would, you know, I wish I could draw and paint, but I did. That just does not happen for me. <laughs> See, I used to love it. Then I did art for GCSE, and oh, okay. I was like, you can't force me to draw. I, don't, I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think sort of over the years it's kind of transitioned and I now use like makeup as my creative outlet so she always encouraged me and I spent a lot of time sat like pouring over a makeup bag and yeah it's it's funny it just sort of kind of spiraled from there what's your um right now what's your favorite makeup thing to do I love a bit of graphic liner right now I love a graphic liner. I love the fact that I have so much control. I could draw whatever I want on my face. Like Christmas, we had little candy canes. We had baubles. Um, we had added little like tree branches along the top love of it. my crease. I just love, I think that is like my favorite way at the moment to like explore my creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like encouraging myself to do it, you know, like, stuff things like matching my liner to my nails and to my clothes and I just oh I love that so I was just fun. gonna say I, I, I love your whole vibe like the makeup the nails the hair I love it I mean the nails are everybody comments on the nails everybody's like them. they're so long how do you do anything with them I'm like I can't <laughs> function without them I just feel like somebody's chopped the ends of my fingers off I'm like I can't touch anything you know there used to be a show years ago I don't know if if you've ever saw it called Footballers Wives and there was a character in it called Tanya Turner and uh, she's like my favourite like super bitch hero in the world right you you need to watch it and she had these really long nails and these nails were always in the papers because they were so long yeah 
Yeah, honestly. The, honestly, the unbelievable amount of people who've asked me how I wipe my bum. Oh, really? And like, out of everything you could say to a stranger, why is that what you decided on? Oh my, what, as in people asking you online? Literally people asking me online. I've been asked by supermarket cashiers. I've been asked by people in the pub. It's unbelievable. God. It's actually unbelievable. You don't realise how, like, no filter people are until you... You have long nails, yeah, but and it's like, oh you know what? I bet they wouldn't be like that in real life. Oh no, absolutely not. No, definitely not. Getting back to uh, your your time on YouTube, what's been in your experience your best moments and your not so best moments? I think being plus size, although it doesn't happen very often at the current rate I'm at. I think to be fair, it probably happened more when I was younger, um, because I think I didn't quite exude the kind of confidence I have now, and it, it's okay. quite clear to me these days that I come across like I don't give a shit, um, because I don't, I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. But um, when I was younger, Good. you know, there's there's always going to be the hate comments, the oh you're fat, and I'm like, oh. I should look in a mirror. I'd not noticed. <laughs> um, do you know what? Do you know what I sometimes love to do? Like when people leave really bad comments, I love to really fuck with people's minds and leave a reply that makes absolutely no sense. Yep. My so personal some... favorite is is just the sarcasm. It's like, oh, I didn't <laughs> notice. Like you've really revealed something to me about myself that I did not know. Yeah, I mean, I've not got access to a mirror at all. <laughs> I've never seen myself. What do I look like again? My reflection? Hmm? <laughs> What's a reflection? I don't understand that. Yeah, like I had a hate comment and I, I actually replied. <laughs> this is what I actually said. I am so proud of you. <laughs> That's it. And they're just like, excuse me, what? <laughs> and then they'll try again and leave another one. And it's just like, I'm just going to keep fucking with you. I'm just gonna yeah, and what they also don't realise is you're helping me out here. You're, you're helping yeah, my I'm algorithm. like, thanks for the views, babe. Thanks for the interactions on my videos. That's great. <laughs> um, but I think, like, in terms of the best things, it's just the community that we've managed to build ourselves. Um, the community I've kind of got back involved with. Um, and I just, I, I love talking to other people. Um, mm -hmm. I love finding out new things about other people. I love not even necessarily finding out things that kind of people mention on their channel, the more kind of stuff you get into when you, you sort of build that deeper friendship with people yeah. um, and finding out about people's lives. People fascinate me. Um, oh, but people fascinate me as well. I mean, I would say that like in real life, I'm a people watcher and online, I'm a people watcher as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. I love a people watch. And I think it's just so great that there's people that I've met through YouTube and learn things from that I wouldn't have met them otherwise. Um, you yeah. know, half of them are halfway across the world and yeah. they're people I'd have never met otherwise, never come into contact with. And it's just really nice, I think, to sort of expand um, the people you know. And I think yeah. it gives you knowledge as well. And I'm, I'm a sucker for knowledge. I love it. Yeah. I and also, I love a good bit of knowledge. Oh, I love knowledge. I mean, my favorite, well, one of my favorite things in life is I love learning shit. I, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I love learning any opportunity to go and learn something new, to try out a new skill, to learn more about history or a place or whatever. Mm, I yeah. absolutely thrive with learning. I mean, I would say I've only got about two friends in my real life that I can really be myself with and talk about stuff. But yeah. other than that, it's my online friends that just that get me. 
yeah no I know what you mean I think I think because the way the online community works is you are the algorithms draw you to people like yourself so I think you automatically feel more comfortable with people yeah um because they're more like you but I think also there is that you know kind of the boundary and it's it's up to you whether you want to push it to meeting people yeah. in real life or whether you want to stay exactly like you are um mm-hmm. and I think it, it's sometimes a really healthy way to learn about yourself yeah um, yeah. Because you you can kind of see how how far you you can gauge how far you want to push things, and that friendship can be exactly what you want from a friendship, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also from me as an autistic person, um, it's in real life you've not really got control over right this conversation sent in here, but with online you do, yeah. and sometimes I just don't have the capacity to talk to people because no. I've not got you know, like the executive function. Yeah. And uh, I was also saying, I like, I'll say this to anyone, I fucking hate people. <laughs> they are the literal I hate worst. people that, 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 that like, <laughs> yeah, we've got to, we've got to live with each other. I mean, yeah. what I really mean is people that I don't like and people that don't get me. That's it. I think, um, especially being like on that neurodivergent spectrum, um, mm-hmm. I think online you can be, you can present yourself exactly how you want to present yourself, exactly yeah. how you would imagine you could present yourself if your brain wasn't doing 5,000 miles an hour and thinking about 62 yeah. other different things. Yeah, you were saying just a second ago about algorithm, algorithms and things, and then I'm, that like a, a line popped into my head and I'm thinking, well, maybe that's why my channel didn't do so well, because there's no one like me, darling. <laughs> I'm just an individual, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have you had any like um like fan moments? Has anyone said, "Oh my god, I'm such a fan"? That 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 weirds me out a bit. It blows my mind. I'm like, I'm like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like, have you watched my videos? They're pure chaos incarnate. I'm like, you're a fan. Yeah, like, it, it, it weirds I'm me like, out because I'm like, I'm not. Don't, I'm... don't use that word. I'm not famous. <laughs> Yeah, because I've got likers and followers. I'm not famous. <laughs> like I'm just here to wear <clears throat> on about crap. Like, yeah. See, when you're watching like a YouTube video, and what, like, if if it's if it's about makeup or whatever, or someone goes down like a rabbit hole of talking about something, what's your favorite? What catches your eye? What piques your interest? See, for me, I think. Um... I, lo- I love all kind of makeup content. I love the mm-hmm. more chilled out stuff. You know, the the, the 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 girls and the guys that are very like succinct on their reviews and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but for me, I'm always going to be drawn to chaos. I like right. people who speak their opinions. I like people who don't care what other people think. I, you know, sometimes I'll do a makeup look and I'm like, people are going to hate this, but mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Um, because for me, it, you know, I think people like that are incredible people and people like that are the people that when I was 13 and perhaps not the, I wasn't the pretty one or the popular one or whatever. Those are the oh, I'm kind sure of that's people, untrue. I, it does not. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure those are the kind of people that I would have really benefited from seeing online as a young person and just you know believing that people can be whoever they want to be um and I think it's really nice and I like to support those kind of creators because I do want to sort of help them to sort of push out and 
so more people can see them and more people can realize mm-hmm. that in fact it doesn't matter what other people think um no. you know if you're having a good time if you like the way you look you like the way you dress you like your style then who cares because there's going to be people that will love you either way you know yeah because i mean we can't be liked by everyone and that took me years to to understand that it took me years to believe that I didn't need to be skinny and blonde, quite frankly. Um, and now I look back and I think I'm in such a better place now. I mean, Not I used to be is... skinny and blonde and uh, <laughs> I was in a terrible position. That's it. Not that there's anything wrong with being skinny and blonde. If you want to be yeah, skinny yeah, and blonde, yeah. that is great. Totally. But for me, I felt like I had to put myself in that box to be worthy as a person. Um, right. And I've come a long way from then. And now I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Good. You know, people love me. People hate me. It means nothing to me. Yeah, I always say to people, pe- what people think about me is irrelevant to me. You're neurodivergent, aren't you? You get lines yeah. that come into yeah. your head. I was just thinking, how did I find you? I make you sound like an abandoned cat. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but, I mean, if the shoe fits, call me Cinderella, babe. <laughs> yeah, how did we find like, each other? Oh, yeah, I just found her in a bin. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Because I, I, normally I, I remember if I've done a collab with someone and, you know, like their viewers have came across to me, but how did we... I can't remember how, how our paths crossed. The only thing I can think is we probably, like, commented on the same kinds of videos. Because when I got ah. back into YouTube, like, the first people that I kind of watched were people like Shani. Um, and I think... Oh, I love Shani. People, and I can only assume at some point we came across each other in the comments. Yeah, that's probably it's like it. that meet cute where we looked at each other across a room, like, <laughs> but we couldn't make eye gone. contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I touched on your your style a wee while ago. Where does where does your inspiration for your style come from? Honestly, I wear exactly what I want to wear whenever I want to wear it. Um, I know oh, a lot I love of, that. A lot of these days, like like people call it like dopamine dressing. Um, oh, my do kind they? Of, like very, very colourful, um, mm-hmm. kind of out there style. But to me, it's just kind of, as I went into uni, I realised that what I was wearing didn't matter to other people. Yeah. So I started dressing however I wanted to dress. And... You know, I'm not. I I know there's people that are far more out there with me. There's that girl on, um, I think it's Instagram. She's like reels and she wears the most insane outfits ever. And it's mm-hmm. like furry boots with like a full printed bodysuit. And then there's a tutu on top. And I'm like, okay, that, <laughs> you go. But that is a lot, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, I think I just started buying things that. I wanted to wear instead of going, well, I've got to wear that because this person, uh, this person. I need that. to conform. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was a total like, do you know what? I'm throwing out conformity. I don't care anymore. Oh, you know, I love this. Love all of it. Like <laughs> me and my best friend, hilarious to stand next to each other. She's like, she's black. She's very like alternative, gothic, emo. Mm-hmm. And I'm there, like in a like a bright pink dress with cherries printed all over it, with like green <laughs> eyeshadow on, and we're like, "Hi, we're best friends." <laughs> I love it. But I think, like, when I started to meet people, that it didn't matter that we dressed completely differently. You know, yeah. had I done that in high school, I'd have felt like the weirdest person in the world. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it makes sense." 
Yeah, I mean, if I dressed the way I wanted to in high school, I'd probably be dead. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, was, I was actually saying to my husband the other day, I left high school 20 years ago this year. <laughs> yeah, and the world was a, a much... A much different place. Different yeah. place. Because we yeah. didn't have, like, um, visibly queer people or we didn't really have many people of colour in our school either. We didn't have much diversity. We yeah. didn't have... You know, like the education that kids have these days, it was awful. I think, I think that's a lot. Like, I'm from like a, a small town, and I think there was a lot of that in high school. Everybody looked the same. Everybody yeah. dressed the same. Everybody did the same thing. And all of a sudden, I think when somebody comes out and stands apart from the crowd and goes, "Actually, I don't, I don't care anymore," it mm-hmm. was, it was a big deal. Whereas I think a lot of um young people these days you know even me I I finished school in 2015 so it wasn't that long ago but the difference between how things were when I was in high school and how my cousins now were like 10 years older than me are feeling and I'm Mm -hmm. like it's already become a more diverse and a more you can sort of be who you want these days and I think it's it's really so progress is happening slightly oh yeah I I would definitely say so you know I mean don't get me wrong you come from a small town there's still like three token you know mixed race kids and yeah yeah it's just the way it is unfortunately but we are seeing I think there's there's more progress and you know it's strange it really is because I yeah. think that small town like mentality is it's hard to shake off. Is it? You know, I went to uni, I met so many different people from so many different cultures and it was like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, because totally. Because I'd only ever met people who were from the same town I was from or the three tiny towns surrounding our little town. And I think like going out into the, into the world and sort of going to uni I learned so much from other people that I'd have never learned otherwise yeah yeah and that kind of segues nicely into something else I wanted to ask you your uni studies tell me all about them yes so I've got a degree um in criminal investigation forensic (gasps) science and forensic anthropology anthropology wow so forensic anthropology is the study of the skeleton um Mm -hmm. so is that, the, is that the thing that Dame uh, Professor Sue Black does? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and also um, Val McDermott um, is a... So she sort of dabbles in um, the kind of forensic anthropology side of things. As well as writing. As well as the writing, yeah. <laughs> um, because it's just how to be multi-talented. Yeah, um, yeah. I loved my degree. My degree was not something I ever thought I would do. I, from being maybe about 12, I wanted to be a midwife. Um, Oh, um, quite different to skeletons. Quite different, yeah. (laughs) Sort of the other end of the spectrum there. But I always (laughs) wanted to be a midwife. And unfortunately, um, I've, I've got things wrong with my hip the pain got worse and when we were applying for uni when I was like 17 I was like I I can't become a midwife it's not going to work I can't be on my feet all the time so it was sort of like a scramble round to find something else that I thought I would enjoy and I've always been interested in kind of crime and true crime and all that kind of stuff um and it was like well this sounds fun whether I ever do anything with it, it is another matter but it sounds fun. Um, 
And it was more, I look back now, I don't do anything to do with my degree. Um, you don't? I, no, I actually work in uh, water hygiene and legionella water control. hygiene? So it's still kind of like science-y. Um, yeah. But not quite what I imagined <coughs> was going to come out um, with after doing my degree. But um, graduated in 2020, all of the police grad schemes were, were stopped and yeah. basically, it was just like, well, I've got to do something else. So let's see what I can find, basically. I mean, um, what kind of things could you do with uh, that type of degree? So I could be in the police, but they won't okay. let me in because I can't run a mile because I've got a hip Oh, problem. really? So that was perhaps something I, looking back now, 17-year-old me probably should have double-checked that because it was always yeah. something that was coming. Um, and we always knew I was going to struggle with, with my disability sort of throughout my life. So perhaps mm-hmm. something I should have checked. You do CSI, but the jobs, unfortunately, are just few and far between because it's such like an underfunded section of the police. Is it really? So, as though the whole police isn't underfunded, um, but it, it's also underfunded, unfortunately. And then forensic anthropologists, there is six of them in the UK. So Six? Yeah. Was gonna, I was going to go and do my master's um, in forensic anth, and I actually went to UCLan. It's one of the big policing and that kind of vibe um but unfortunately they stopped running the forensic anth course at master's level and other than that it was like london university so i just decided it wasn't worth it and then luckily i found out about the stat and was like yeah that that was a good choice it was definitely Mm. a good choice for me um because unfortunately it's just such a it's such a skilled area that people don't really leave Um, it's not something that people sort of move on from if that makes sense the kind of more like in-depth science side of it although I'd have loved to have been a pathologist I definitely was not smart enough to do seven years at medical school and then another two years years. and then for it to be a pathologist you have to do another two years after you've done your seven Um, that's a lot of time yeah it's a lot of time Um, this is quite a chunk of my life yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, um, I would like to do other things with my life as well. Yeah. Go to uni. It got to 2020 and it was sort of like, do you know what? I'm going to draw the line there. I've had a great time. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself. And I do genuinely think now I look back at my uni experience, although the course perhaps wasn't the smartest choice, like financially, I met incredible people. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself and the more I look back at my uni experience, the more important the self-learning was. Yeah, like the um, self-discovery part. The self-discovery was incredible. And I genuinely don't think I could sit here and be the person I am today without that really? kind of moving away from home, moving away from that small town mentality um, and really actually learning about myself, learning about the world. Can I ask with your studies, because are you, am I right in saying you're ADHD? Yes. How did because I because I, I have trouble focusing on anything. How did that impact your studies? It it did impact my studies, um, but we weren't. We I didn't really know what was going on in my own head a lot of the time when I was studying right. because we didn't have I didn't have that kind of although it's not been formally diagnosed. You know, it, it's been I've had psychologists and yeah, yeah, therapists yeah. and stuff. They're they're ninety nine percent sure. 
Um, it's just the waiting list to get actually physically diagnosed is so incredibly long. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm I'm on the waiting list, and uh, I told it can take up to five years. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been on. And it I actually had to fight with the doctor to refer me because she said, "Well, because you're not in trouble with the police, we're not going to refer you." Yeah, yeah, a lot of it is well because it doesn't affect your daily life that much. Do you well, really it does, need to but... go? But <laughs> yeah. then I'm there like, but I've been on antidepressants since I was 14. Do I need mm. to be on these antidepressants? Or is it the ADHD? Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like, yeah. Should we perhaps look into that a little bit more? But there, you yeah. Go. There's this perhaps a little bit unethical to be on meds that I don't. Yes, that need. might not even be for what I actually need them to be for. But yeah, I exactly. Did struggle. I mean, th- th- did I've, you? I've always been a last minute kind of person I always did my homework the night before school things like that but I think okay. when I got to uni and it got to the point of where I was like I was writing 6,000 words the night before wow um, because that, I'd not wow. even looked at it like I thought about it and I thought mm-hmm. about it loads and I was like oh I've got this covered and then I actually <laughs> had to sit down and do it I spent a yeah. lot of nights in the library by myself being like nobody come near me nobody talk to me because if you do i'm never gonna get this done yeah and if you break um, if you break my focus everything's gonna be this, like the like this the ceiling's gonna fall in yeah literally the, the world will end and i will never write this essay <laughs> and you will always have that on your conscience yep and i will remind myself for the next 25 years that i didn't write that essay <laughs> but i think I was very lucky. I had a really great support system at uni. Good, good. And because I was passionate about the topic, I found I sort of learned to take those hyperfixations <clears throat> and work with them. You know, and I almost, to be fair, like I used to sit and write an essay and you'd obviously sit there with the question that they'd given you. And I almost used to twist it so it seemed a bit more interesting to me. Okay, okay. And then once I'd kind of manipulated it in the way that I felt was the most interesting, mm-hmm. I then managed to get back to the point and, and do quite well out of it. Looking back now, I wish I'd had kind of some extra support because it perhaps yeah. didn't need to be as stressful as it was. Yeah, because I mean, I'm always saying to, to everyone, support means everything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But because I didn't know what was going on in yeah. my own head, it was like, oh, there's something like, there must just be something wrong with me or, oh, I'm just lazy. Um, yeah. And now looking yeah. back, I'm like, mm, maybe you weren't, babe. Maybe you weren't. Or in my case, <laughs> um, because, I mean, I'm autistic. I was diagnosed about two, three years ago. Um, oh, well, Will's just weird. Will's autistic. Yeah. Uh, is yeah, that the same actually, thing? Actually, <laughs> is it the same thing? Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just a bit weird. And I'm just I'm a like, bit weird and I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, well, actually, are you weird, babe? Or yeah, is something cause... not quite so divergent up there? Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I love I love people who are different from their yeah. quote unquote norm. I'm I'm kind of attracted to those kind of people because people who I would describe as beige or conformative <laughs> yeah. or you know, yeah, I don't like I I like interesting people. I like I... people that have interesting opinions and conversations. Yep. I want people who will turn around and ask me the most insane questions <laughs> so I can sit there and be like, oh, that's cool. Like, like the other day I got a comment, um, I mean, not that it's, it's kind of related, but someone's thought that I had a daughter. 
Like, where did you get that from? Like, where did that even come from? See, I'm incredibly lucky because I'm in my friendship group now. Um, we're, we're all on the spectrum somewhere. And honestly, the group chat is just insane. Like, <laughs> what is happening half the time? I don't know. Sometimes I'll read things out to my partner, Sam, who is not the least neurodivergent person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And he's like what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't really know. Well, <laughs> see, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of different now because my, my husband's autistic as well and we just kind of get each other. And so if he, if I send him a text saying that this is going to make me sound ridiculous, I am ridiculous, right? <laughs> I'll send him a text. Like if I've been out on the bus and I'll say, oh, I just saw a really nice ex extractor fan that has the, the green blades. <laughs> and it'll be like, oh, Nice. Yeah, because he knows that that's kind of one of my uh, hyper focus. Like, oh, yeah. did you? That's lovely. Yeah, that's I it. just understand. <laughs> I think sometimes Sam's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I saw this girl and her eyeshadow was this shape. And he's like, oh, that's nice. Uh, next conversation, please. <laughs> yeah, he's like, can we move on? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> But honestly, like I've I've never felt so supported by somebody at the same time. I, yeah. I I say the weirdest things, and he's just like, "Cool, cool." You said I think we I don't think we've had this conversation just now, but I think I watched it in one of your videos where you said that you are someone who lives with disabilities. Um, yes. At the start of every podcast episode, we always say we're about the entertainment, the advocacy, and the education. So, if you're right to talk about that, I'd. I'd be interested to listen. Absolutely. So I have been incredibly unlucky with my health over my life. Um, I was born with something called congenital hip dysplasia, which basically is where the hip socket doesn't form properly. So essentially they do a little test when you're a baby, they lie you on your back, they listen to see, they move your legs and listen to see if there's any sort of clicking. And Mm -hmm. often that, um, will then show that there's some sort of issue with that development of the hip socket. Um, they'll do the x-rays. They put a baby in a little like cast where their legs are spread apart um, to okay. kind of reset the hips while the bone's still malleable. And then you move on with your life. The issue is they didn't find mine till I was seven because oh. it was that severe. Um, when they did the clicky hip test, there was no click because there was no hip socket for it to click out of. Um, And my mum always says my great grandma when I was maybe probably about 15 months old, something like that. um, Mm -hmm. She was set on the fact that I didn't walk right. Um, And obviously when you're developing, everybody learns differently. And it was sort of just, oh, maybe it's a nappy and maybe it's this and maybe it's that. But the older I got, you know, my mum sort of started to realise that I was in pain and nobody really understood why. Um, Mm. So we spent probably five six years going back and forward to the gp and we actually saw a locum when i was seven and the locum said has this child ever had an x-ray mum was like nope nobody's ever bothered um so straight to hospital referred me for an x-ray and turns out i didn't have a hip socket um and my my femur had actually grown twisted because it had been essentially what would be dislocating if I'd have had the hip socket um so slowly it had sort of grown in this like twisted manner so I've had eight surgeries 
Eight. I've had plates God. in. I've had my hip reconstructed with bone from my pelvis. Um, and then when I was wow. about 17, the, the real chronic pain started. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. And the way hip replacements work is you can only have three in your lifetime. They can only take it out three times, basically, without weakening everything so much that you're not going to get any benefit from it. I spent six years fighting to get a hip replacement because... Why I did, was can, can I ask, why did you have to fight it? I mean, any time that I speak with someone, like, they're either just going to say, oh, yay, NHS, or it's a fight. So the reason I had to fight was because they were so terrified that I'd have it done too early. I've spent a lot of time kind of researching it now when I'm in, like, groups on Facebook for young people with hip replacements. And I'm really glad to say that not everybody has to do that fight. Um, you know, there's there's people who've had them that are younger than me and now they're back and thriving. And But unfortunately for me, it was such a fight. Um, and it took six years, six years of constant painkillers, oh. which obviously you then have to wean yourself off. Yeah, I was on been there. gabbling for years and years. God as well as like naproxen and cocodamol on top of that um, because they literally couldn't get out of bed without them. Um, mm-hmm. I was in that much pain. Um, I'm so sorry. To be honest, I, I I always say, again, it's another thing. I don't think I would be who I am today if I didn't live through that. Um, it taught me a lot. It made me incredibly strong. You think it made you resilient? Oh, without a doubt. My family have always kind of said it takes a special kind of person to be able to live through that and still come out smiling and still smile while it was all happening. You know, luckily for me, I am that kind of person. Um, And then, you know, we finally got the hip replacement um, and my surgeon came down to see me after I'd had it done and he said, I'm so sorry. And I was like, sorry Mm. what um he turned to me and said I don't know how you were walking about I don't know how you got out of bed every day I don't know how you functioned I went in there and you didn't have a hip socket because it basically the 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 socket that they built when I was seven had basically completely disintegrated by the time we got around to putting the new the new hip in is that because of you like you grow up? Because of its growth, obviously, um, not always does transplanted bone grow in the same way. But there was also basically osteoarthritis that because the bone wasn't originally there, it had sort of begun to eat away at things, basically. I sort of just sat there and I was like, oh, it's okay. Don't even worry. Ha ha ha. We've done it now. It's yeah. fine. And now I look back and I think, why did nobody listen to me? Yeah. Why did nobody believe me when I said I was in so much pain? But, you know, the NHS is so underfunded. I think a lot of the time it's to get you in the door and back out the door again. As quickly as possible. Um, And I I do understand, you know, they were doing what they thought was best for me. They thought it was best to Mm -hmm. wait. But I look back now and... I think the, the the final straw that broke the camel's back and actually got me on the list for the hip replacement was I basically turned to my surgeon and went, I'm not willing to live like this anymore. Yeah. I'm not willing to do it. 
I would rather be in a wheelchair at 50 years old once I've lived my life, got married, travelled the world, had kids, whatever I decide to go on and do. And I would rather be in a wheelchair than when I'm 50 than be stuck in a bed at 23 years old because I can barely move in a morning. Yeah, because you've, Um, I mean, with any illness and, and disability and things, you've got to weigh up your quality of life. Yeah. Yeah, for me... If we get to 50 and I do end up stuck in a wheelchair, I'm going to know that I was able to live my life the fullest I could live it. Yeah. With with the pain that I still do have, it's, it's not cured me, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I would rather be able to sit in that wheelchair and think, yeah, I lived my life as, as full as I could when I could, rather than, you know, spending the the best parts of your life obviously in uh inverted quotes there um you know the best parts of your life in agony you know it it was hard especially at uni and you know you want to be the the fun one and the one that's always willing to go out but there was times where it was just like I'd go dark on everybody for like three weeks and it'd be like what's happened and it's like oh don't mind me I'm just in agonizing pain um is that something that you do a lot, like when you're in pain or any sort of anguish, you, you cover it with humour? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I <laughs> I think spending your whole life in some form of pain is, you know, I, I often say, oh, I'm just in a normal amount of pain today. Um, and my best friend will regularly text me and be like, a normal amount of pain is no pain. Are you stupid? And I'm like, it's fine. I'm in a normal amount of pain. Um, but I think it is. It, it's, there's two ways to go about it. You can become angry and you can become bitter or yeah. you can laugh about it. And if I can make anybody feel better about living in pain by making a joke of my own pain, then that's the way I'd rather do it. Yeah, I think um, well, you've, you've got to have things in your mind that makes you want to drive forward. For instance, for me, when I was... Like, I don't know if you know anything about my story, but I'm a recovering alcoholic. And um, it's coming up for eight years ago that I got acute pancreatitis. And my only, like, I I, like I'm, I was literally half the person, the size that I am now. Yeah. I was seven stone. And I was in hospital for months on end. And my only driving force when I was in that hospital bed, all I wanted to do was enjoy a cup of tea with a friend without being sick. Yeah. And so whenever I get that moment of I'm so anxious, I'm so stressed, I want to drink, I'll go back to that moment and then remind myself of how much I've grown yeah. as a person. And I mean, have you had moments like that? It, it's hard because. You're like, like, you know, like what I mean, like, like for carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you do, you get to the point where you want to be angry and you want to be frustrated and you want to blame other people. You want to, you know, especially for me, I want to blame the GP that didn't send me to the hospital and I want to blame this person yeah. because of this. But then I think I want to do, you know, I want to, especially when I was waiting for my hip replacement, I want to be able to walk to the shop. Yeah. You know, an insane thing. <laughs> to think that somebody can't do but it was like I want to be able to walk out the house to the corner shop and come back home and I don't want it to floor me for four days or 
I don't want to burst into tears in the middle of the supermarket because the pain just got so overwhelming so quickly and I can't leave. Yeah, can you hear that yeah. in the background? It's, my, it's not me, it's my dog. It's coughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full of germs, the house right now. <laughs> yeah, he was actually sick the other day, but anyway, getting back to, to what you were saying. Sorry. Um, so I think, like, I think having that thing that you focus on that you want to do makes such a difference and I do think it does make the recovery easier you know Mm -hmm. recovering from a hip replacement is tough you can't bend over for 12 weeks you can't drive for I think it was about 14 weeks I think before I could drive again did you learn Um, that thing that um I mean, obviously, you had you're, you're you're describing your recovery there. Did you have that thing where you came to the realization that pride does you no favors? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, everybody thinks, you know, there's things that like my mom had to help me with. You know, getting in and out the shower. Yeah. And I look back at those now, and I just think the pride wouldn't have done me any good. Yeah. It was either my mum helped me in and out the shower or I didn't shower. Yeah. So the pride wasn't going to help. Um, it wasn't going to ever make anything better. I wasn't going to be in less pain. I wasn't going to be more comfortable if I stopped somebody from helping me or decided not to go somewhere because I didn't want to be a burden to other people, mm-hmm. which the burden thing for me was something that it took me a long time to get past that. Um, I, because it didn't matter obviously when we were kids, what my family did, what my little brother wanted. Yeah. Because if he wanted to walk up a mountain, it was like, well, Nicole can't do that. So we can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it took me a long time to realize that that's not me being a burden. That's people that I care about caring how I feel and what I can manage and I think it took me a long time to do that and I do still kind of fall back into that um kind of aspect of things sometimes um you know sometimes I'll say to Sam I'll be like oh I'm so sorry that we can't go and do xyz because this is hurting or whatever and he's like but it doesn't matter yeah because I care about you so I want you to be okay yeah Jay's the same with me because he wants to do things and you know, if I'm having a bad pain day or whatever, I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. It took a long time, but I realised that it doesn't matter to him. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't matter because he's like, oh, well, we'll go do it another day then. Because you aren't a burden to somebody. That person's yeah. decided to love you, chronic illness and all. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it, it's hard to accept that sometimes. Yeah, it can be. Have you ever had, or I don't know if you've came to the, realization that like the things that I've done or the things that you've done and overcome because I'm always wanting to do the next thing and I think what have I done with my life and then someone says to me well hang on a minute hang on a minute you've done this 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 that no one would get through in a lifetime yeah no no I agree I think because I think the way chronic pain works sometimes is you feel like you always have to have a goal to strive towards You feel Mm. like you always have to have something that you're going to do next because it's like, well, if all the days are bad, at least I've got this great memory or this great thing I did to look back on. But then I think you come out at the other end and you think, well, I've not actually done anything because I spent six years in agony. And people Mm. are like, 
but you spent six years in agony. How do you not feel like that's an achievement? Yeah. How do you not feel proud of yourself for that and the fact you were resilient? But then on the other hand, um, my mum's terrible for this. Um, I actually had to ban the word inspiration. Oh, okay. Because when I had my hip done, I was like, I'm not an inspiration. I'm just living my life. I'm just being me. I'm not inspiring anybody. And I think the way I look at that now is I now understand more where she was coming from. But I think at the time it was like, I'm not inspiring. I'm just doing what I have to do. To get through. I'm just living my life, going through my day, doing what happens. And I don't know. I just think it's funny that like that is people's like go-to. It's like, oh, wow, that's so inspiring. And I'm like, no, please don't say that. Please don't say that. (laughs) I think people are just wanting to be kind and say maybe the right thing in their minds. Yeah. Absolutely. And and looking back at it now, I'm like, people want you to know, I think that they're proud of you. But it, it's just, I don't know, it's just something about that word. I'm like, I'm not inspiring. I've not cured cancer. I've not won a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> I've just been alive. <laughs> true, true. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I've certainly learned a lot from that. So, to lighten up the mood up a little bit, I thought we could talk about a little known show that I think that you might like, and it's called Drag Race. <gasps> oh, what a show. What Why a show. do you love it so much? I, it's, and I, who do you I like think, so much? <laughs> I think the thing is with Drag Race is it is the ultimate expression of be who the hell you want to be. The, the ultimate expression of F you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The ultimate expression of I am who I am. Mm. I don't care what anybody thinks. And I think, um, you know, a lot of the kind of confidence that I feel comes from that same feeling. Yeah, yeah. That same, actually, I don't care. And I just love the fact that, um, you know, people are going to, you know, kids are going to grow up seeing this. Yeah. On the everyday. You know, I mean, I'm only 24, but oh, 15 24. years ago, <laughs> 25 this year, um, 15 <laughs> years ago, can you imagine if they'd have put Drag Race on TV 15 years ago? No. They'd no. Have, people would have lost their minds. I mean, still, people still do lose their shit, oh, essentially, yeah. over material and makeup. And I know. Wigs. I'm like, it's it's just a wig, babe. <laughs> Chill yourself out. <laughs> Sorry, she's got better eyeliner than you. Get over it. <laughs> if anybody had have told me that the BBC, I mean the BBC, the would, BBC, anti the BBC would have you know somebody who was a drag queen in the sense of the kind of glamour of it all, mm-hmm. rather than like the comedy side of things. Yeah. Because um, obviously there was like Lily Savage and things oh, like yeah, that, but it was I mean, all it was all the kind of comedy side of the drag. Yeah, I mean me and my than... me and my husband, we love Paul O'Grady and we love Lily Savage. Oh, I was so devastated when he passed away. Oh, don't I was absolutely heartbroken. And he was like, my mum's no longer with us, but he, like, yeah, and he was my mum's absolute favorite thing on telly. Yeah, that's it. But I think with that, there was always the comedy side of it, whereas yeah, the fact yeah. we can now have it as like the glamour side. And the, yeah. aren't these these people so incredibly talented in every aspect of this 
skill set that you can yeah. have as a drag queen. I just think it's incredible. Who's your favourite? Or favourites? It can't be just one. It's I mean, so it could difficult. be from the U. I mean, like from the US one, the UK one, wherever. See, I think I find I kind of resonate with the UK queens a lot more. Um, right. And <clears throat> there's just some incredible people, but then you've got like your Trixie Mattels and your like Vandal of Crimes with their beautiful like glamour makeup. Yeah. And I'm just like, I want to be you. You know, my favorite one from the the US series. Well, the, I mean, there's several, but I really love Katya. Yes. Definitely. Love Katya. Definitely, just kind of like I feel like what she did with the the kind of idea of like I don't give an f about you was she took mm-hmm. it to like a whole new level, and yep. I'm like, oh yeah, this this bitch couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, like, if what I... an incredible way to be. Yeah, I mean, if I could bottle Latrice Royale's laugh, oh, oh my gosh, oh, <laughs> and I think I I love Lawrence Cheney as well. Oh, they're amazing. Um, like an incredible, incredible artist. And just, I, I love the fact, I think, as well these days, that we aren't just seeing one body type of drag queen. We're seeing yeah. everybody on the spectrum. And I love And that. it's so diverse. It's gorgeous. So diverse. And I'm always like a huge advocate for, you know, kind of any, any sort of plus size entertainer because mm-hmm. I think, you know, we deserve the spotlight as much as, as anybody else does. And I yep. think it's it's great for, you know, people to see the whole spread of people. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you dress like, what you do. There's always going to mm-hmm. be somebody there that, that you resonate with. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met any of them? No, I wish I had. Honestly, I, I have. Lose my mind. I would lose my mind. I have. <laughs> I feel like I'd be like I'd be that weirdo that they're like, please, if she ever comes back, don't hit me again. <laughs> I met I met bag of chips. Oh, incredible! Yeah, she's incredible. But um, she came to it's a gay a gay club in Edinburgh called CC Blooms, and she did a meet and greet. I met her, got my photo taken with her, and I couldn't think of what to say, so I just said, "Oh, who does your wigs?" Because <laughs> I'm the wig maker. <laughs> It's like, do you know I do these too? <laughs> she probably thought I'm trying to promote myself. <laughs> it's like, actually, time. I'm just so overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such an incredible show, and every year, uh, you know, it's like like you said with the UK one, it's it's really nice when it comes on, and it also reminds me that it's close to Christmas as well with the UK one. Yes, definitely. It's a bit like that. I'm a celebrity of the. Um... The kind of crazy, quirky, out there people. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, well, if this is on, it's Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I would say that I love the the series one of the UK the best. I That's feel always like going to have a special place it, in my heart. I think it was just, you know, we'd seen so many other, like, other kind of countries do it. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, my gosh, this is on home turf. These are people that, like, you can imagine meeting in the street. Yeah, <laughs> and like, like the queen. Some of well, some of the queens on the show they've done so well for themselves. I mean, look at the Vivian. She's on. Um, she was doing a not not a pantomime. What do you call it? A is it pantomime? Uh, like a like sleeping. Beauty I think she was in a, a Wicked. Yeah. Oh, Something. like a theatre show. Theatre show. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Good thing the word. <laughs> um, I know it, it's incredible, and I think. 
I love the fact that they've been given that kind of platform. Yeah. Um, because I think that, you know, a, a lot of drag, the message that it spreads is so important as well. Yeah. That it's so nice to see them kind of finally being recognised. and. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I mean, it's not just a case of a man or a person in a dress and makeup and a wig. There is someone behind all that. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And I think so many of them have got different stories. So many of them have overcome so much. Yeah. And I think it's so important to just have that kind of representation, mm-hmm. you know, without it being like a, a sob story. It, it's not a sob story. It's how we got to where we are rather than... Yeah, again, it's another story of resilience. Because I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. So before we... Part, I thought we could do a little quick fire question round. Is that all right? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. So my first question, and I mean it does get a bit more nicer than or uh, <laughs> than just boring. Coffee or tea? <laughs> uh, coffee, always. Lovely. What's your secret guilty pleasure? Oh, um, probably incredibly cheesy noughties music turning it up so loud that i can't hear anything love it love it what kind of music do you like um so i'm very much into i believe that spotify unwrapped called it something mad like alt z it's like it's basically like i don't know whether you've ever heard of scene queen um but it's basically like metal mixed with like they call it bimbo core it's just incredible it's just like bimbo women being core. like, I can say what I want. I love it. I love oh, see, that's it. another thing I'm going to have to look up now, bimbo core. <laughs> okay, that's, that's interesting. So, loud <laughs> night out or cosy night in? Cosy night in. Cosy night in, me too. Beige Brigade or Rainbow Realm? Rainbow Realm every single time. Love it. <laughs> Are you a leader or follower? A leader leader love it reality or fantasy reality really yeah i would say fantasy reality is too real (laughs) i think (laughs) people are so interesting that i want to know the real people not the fantasy people love it now this (laughs) might be a, a difficult one so think very carefully blusher or highlighter oh my gosh (laughs) <laughs> picking my children I mean I think after the declutters I posted this week I'm gonna have to go with blush Lush. because I earn an obscene amount <laughs> um now this next one campus tits or understated and demure oh campus tits love it spirit animal cow cow <laughs> I love cows. I love cows. I just think they're called the coolest guys. They just hang around. They've got weird fancy horns and (laughs) (laughs) they can go in all kind of patterns and shapes and sizes. I just think they're great. (laughs) Love it. Um, Before I get to the last question, there's something I forgot. Did you bring your memorable item? So I've not actually got it here with me because I currently, I don't know whether, um, I think I've mentioned it in my video, so you might It's know. okay, you can just describe it, it's fine. I actually live between houses. So okay. um, we, we do a week at my house with my parents and a week here at Sam's with his mum. So mm-hmm. um, one day we'll move out, one day. Um, but I wanted to mention, um, so Sam bought me, again with the cow thing, a little Highland cow builder bear for Valentine's Day last year. Oh. Um, 
it, it was just so sweet because he knows they're my favourite animal. Um, but it was really, really funny. A couple of months later, I noticed it, it, it basically it'd come unstitched um, okay. just down the back. And thought nothing of it, fixed it, moved on with my life. And then I realised that, in fact, it's got a scar in the exact same place my hip replacement scar is. Really? And I was like, that is spooky. It's so spooky. But just now I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've owned. I'm like, it's a cow and he's got a scar that matches mine. I love that. And um, yeah, my final question for you is, what does living life at your own will mean to you? Living life at your own will is doing everything that makes you happy. Um, You should dress how you want. You should look how you want. You should talk about the things you love. um, And you're a long way closer to being happy then. I love that. That's what we're all for. Cole, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. It's it's really been, it's been lovely getting to, to know you a bit more. Thank you so much for having me. I've had such a great time. Yeah, can um can your fans get a sneaky peek as to what's coming up on your YouTube channel soon? Uh so we've got lots of new things coming, lots more declutters coming, um, which everybody seems to be really loving. And then we've got lots of new make new makeup releases coming. Um I'm gonna try and focus on that on my channel this year. Um and kind of talking about the things that I love, um, the look of as well as the things that I think look like trash. Cool. And of course, to any new fans because I know they'll be dying to see what you do where can people find you <laughs> um so I'm at color the ball on all social media Instagram whatever Twitter is these days um <laughs> TikTok YouTube you'll find me at color the ball cool and we'll leave all those links in the show notes of course Cole thank you so much for this thank you so much for having me wasn't that a really cool interview and again I want to thank Cole for coming onto the podcast it was a blast getting to know you thank you so much And I know she's going to kill me for saying this, but yes, she is an inspiration to me. (laughs) If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode, or indeed any of our podcast episodes, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a cheeky wee review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget, we are now past 50 episodes of this podcast, including full episodes and bonus episodes, so definitely check those out if you need something to listen to. Thank you so much for tuning in, and you will hear from us next week. Take care. Bye!